Oh, wait. Hey, that bit looks slim, don't it? You know the swag. Boy, it feel good to put the helmet on again. Let's <laughs> get right, man. Damn, that eight, man. Something different, huh? Damn, that's crazy. That remind me of my, when I was little. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to play. I'm going to get that eight. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. And just like that, we kick into hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I like to call it Studio Q. We want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 in the dobebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. You heard Josh Jacobs talking about that number eight. Ooh-wee. Said, I'm going to do this. I'm being that number eight. He's got his number eight. He's got his contract. Now it's time to get to work, get in the playbook, get on the grass, and make sure he's ready to go for the first game of the season, September 10th versus Denver Broncos. Threw the question out there, threw a couple questions out there to you, as a matter of fact. Who's the guy that you hope will make the 53-man roster that could be flying under the radar, a sneaky good player, and who do you believe will be the surprise release? Because every year there's a surprise release. Got a couple good texts that I wanted to get to. I mentioned Sir Whiskey Ray. I talked him up. He said, good afternoon, gentlemen. I hope you guys had a nice weekend. I'm over preseason now, and it's time for the regular season to start. Just tuning in here, and I think defensive end Jordan Willis will make the team, and Malcolm Kuntz will be the odd man out. Willis is a good pass rusher and better against the run than Kuntz. Thankfully, I don't have to make these decisions. I'd be pulling my hair out, LOL. Looking forward to tomorrow's final roster. My gut tells me there's a few surprises are going to happen. On another note, Messi again comes through this past Saturday in the 89th minute versus New York. Amazing Messi, Sir Whiskey Ray, cheers. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to Messi, he's just dominating that league. Like that league, I, and I had to get some clarification because I just didn't know. I'm not a soccer aficionado, so I was like, okay, what's going on here? I mean, I know this guy is like the best in the world or one of the best in the world, but the way he's just dominating, it's like it's, he's a man amongst boys. Well, I came to find out he is a man amongst boys. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I came to find out is that he's basically the Harlem Globetrotters and who he's playing is the Washington Generals. So there's that. But uh, Messi is just out there killing it and, of course, making a, a big-time name uh, you know, for his team, Miami, and uh, is doing what he does. And that's the reason why they spent the money to bring him over. So there's that. But Malcolm Kuntz and uh, Jordan Willis, that's, that's an interesting one. I hadn't heard that one. It's funny. And the reason I say it's interesting is because I feel like Malcolm Kuntz has done better as of late. I think he started slow in training camp. I really do. But he's really came on as of late. And, and I feel like when he had that – that all of a sudden, like, flipped the switch moment was that Sunday practice when it was called the cleanup day by head coach Josh McDaniels. Matter of fact, I think after that practice, we met with uh, Marcus Peters that day. But before practice, uh, Josh McDaniels said, this is going to be kind of a cleanup day. We're going to look back at what we haven't done well and, you know, kind of fix everything. And Max Crosby was given the day off and Jimmy G was given the day off. And Malcolm Koontz really flashed that day, in my opinion. And then he looked good in joint practices against the Niners. Uh, then he looked good in preseason game against the Niners, looked good in the preseason game against the Rams. I feel like he's coming on as of late. But, you, you know, as you mentioned, if he's only good at one thing, he might not be able to make this numbers game because that's what it ultimately is. A lot of it's not determined if you're good enough. It's a numbers game and how many different things can you do. It's like being a radio guy. Like, it's good to be a radio guy that could go on the radio and do a show, but can you do production? Can you do sales? Can you go out and report in the field? Can you make appearances? Can, I mean, there's, you know, what, what all could you do to keep your, your job alive, keep your, you know, keep, keep your value up? That's what it's all about. It's all about value. And this staff, probably more than any other staff across the league, in my opinion, has stressed and talked about versatility 
and, and, and the value of being able to do many different things more than I've ever heard from any other staff. But, I mean, obviously I'm paying more attention to the Raiders than anyone else. But, I mean, they've stressed that since day one. And I think Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels, maybe both of them, said, you know, if you're only going to do one thing, you better be the best at it. <laughs> if you're going to do one thing and one thing only, you better – like if you're a right tackle and that's all you can do, then damn it, you better be the best right tackle in the league. <laughs> right? And if you're not, then you could be in trouble. Right? That's why they like the versatility of a Dylan Parham. They like the versatility of a Jermaine Illuminor. Uh, that's why they like Thayer Munford, right? Because they feel like that he could do multiple things. That's why they make some of the selections that they make because they want someone who can do multiple things. Like if you look at the, at the guys that they selected, Tyree Wilson, he could play on the outside, he could play on the inside. Byron Young, he could stop the run. He could also, he could also get after the quarterback. He showed that the last year at Alabama, right? I mean, Michael Mayer, he's got to continue to work on his blocking, but he's willing to block. And he also catches really well. And when he catches really well, especially in the red zone, he scores. But he's got to keep working on his blocking. But he's shown that he's, he's willing to work on it. He wants to work on it. He's just, it's something that he's going to have to continue to, to grind out and get better at. Everybody that they pretty much selected all has versatility. And that's been the biggest key with this staff since they've been with the Silver and Black is, is that versatility. So uh, you could be onto something there with, with Malcolm Kuntz and, and, uh, and Jordan Willis. But uh, obviously we'll find out for sure come tomorrow but good stuff sir whiskey ray we definitely appreciate you snake man said if mcdaniels could get mac jones prepared to start for a patriots as a rookie i see no reason why he hasn't already prepared o'connell to be the number two also o'connell has arguably better arm talent than mac jones seems like a no-brainer that's from snake man i like that i like that thought and i hadn't thought about it like that snake man so thanks for that text i appreciate you and i, I hadn't really thought about it except for the fact that when he got mac jones prepared to be the starter, he got him prepared to be the starter. So he had 100% attention on him, whereas Aiden O'Connell's not getting 100% of the attention because Jimmy G is the starter, right? But, but I still, to your point, I do like what he's talking about as far – or what you're talking about as far as getting him prepared to be the number two guy. I think Brian Hoyer could do that job. I really do. I think that O'Connell has a good base. I think that he's already learned a lot. He's got it between the ears, obviously. And I really do believe that Brian Hoyer could help bring him along during practice and, and help make him eventually that number two guy. So if he starts out number three, I think that's okay. Uh, but I think that also what Ed Graney was saying in the first hour of the show where he talked about he's interested to see if maybe they release Brian Hoyer and bring him back. Brian Hoyer's already said he's not going to play for another team. He's playing for Coach McDaniels, and that's it because he knows the, the scheme. So if they, if they were to release him, they could have some kind of agreement where they bring him back as like the emergency quarterback. That is something that they could do. Right, and maybe try to fill a roster void. Uh, you know, maybe they need another position, like a linebacker, maybe an offensive lineman, this, that, and the other. I can, I can see something like that, some little, like I called it earlier, roster gymnastics. I could totally see that from this staff. So that's, that's, a, uh, that's a good thought right there. I do like that. Speaking of Aiden O'Connell, though, let's go ahead and, and jump into this, Ari. Uh, Vinny did a great job on Saturday following the game. He caught up with Devontae Adams. He caught up with Tyree Wilson. He also caught up with quarterback Aiden O'Connell, and he was really just asking about the game because the game, well, it wasn't very good, and, well, Aiden O'Connell recognized that as well. Um, just a frustrating night. I think, you know, we got off to a slow start with the first three and out, and then just didn't score a touchdown. So when you kick a lot of field goals, it's just, you know, frustrating. You got to put in the end zone, especially when their offense is playing well. So just kind of a frustrating night. Um, definitely left a few plays out there personally. So just just frustrating. As you finished uh, up your three preseason games here, just what's your take overall on 
on your first three uh, games as a pro? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of good and a lot of bad to both take and try to learn from. And, you know, you just try to learn week to week and not make the same mistake twice. Um, try to, you know, just cut down the mistakes as much as possible, but also the good plays, try to capitalize and, and multiply those. So, um, all in all, obviously 2-1, and one, we'd like to be 3-0, and oh, but um, it was a good couple wins and it was uh, just a, not our best performance tonight. There's Aiden O'Connell following the game right there in the Raiders locker room. A couple different reporters, including Vinny, that we're talking to him. And uh, for the for the, the preseason, Aiden O'Connell did well. 41 for 58, 71% completion, 462 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and he led six touchdown drives. Again, really good for what they were asking him to do in the preseason. And we all know everything is super vanilla. It's not like there were some crazy schemes being thrown at him. But just to know that what he was asked to do he was able to absorb and go out there and do it. And I was really impressed with the fact that he stood tall in the pocket when it started to get a little muddy around him. We got a little, you know, a little crowded around his legs. He didn't, you know, he didn't get panicky. He didn't get happy feet. He just stood in the pocket, delivered the ball down the field. I thought that that was good. Uh, I do like uh, there was a play that he made on Saturday where he avoided the rush, and he's not a guy that's just going to be fleet-footed and just run around. But you remember last week against the Rams, he picked up about five or six yards on third down to extend the drive, get a first down, extend the drive. He saw open grass, and he took it, right? That's all you got to do is be willing to take the open grass when it's there. He did that last week against the Rams, and then this past week, he, uh, he, he avoided the rush, rolled out. I want to say he rolled out. To, yeah, he rolled out to his left, and Michael Mayer kept running and kept, kept moving and tried to make himself available to the point where he did, and that's when O'Connell was able to hit him. And then Mayer did the rest where he's able to basically stiff arm a DB, get him off of him, pick up the extra yards that he needed for a first down. That goes a long way. That's the tight end keeping working, and that's the, the quarterback continuing to work. Instead of just folding under pressure and saying, all right, well, this play's done, throw it away or, or take a sack, he used his legs just enough, get out of harm's way, and still deliver the ball down the field, which is something that you need. So that, that was a couple, couple plays two weeks in a row that really stood out to me from Aiden O'Connell, something that I could appreciate that he, that he brought to the table. Uh, let's see. We got another text. Um, let's see. This one's about soccer. I'll get to that one later. <laughs> I, I, it's, just not, it's a YouTube. So it's not, I mean, it's not really – I can't really describe it too well. Uh, it's a YouTube about Messi, but uh, I guess they're trying to – uh, show me some more of his greatness. And I, I understand. Look, look, I don't have to be a soccer aficionado to know how great Messi is, right? I, I understand that. I know I know the greats. It's not like, you know, Sunday morning, Messi's on. I'll be like, wife, Messi's on. Let's go sit. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's not my bag. But I respect. I respect the hell out of it, and I respect the hell out of soccer. I just, I'm not the one who's going to sit down and watch it. I remember, when was it? There was one year, I was still in Central Texas at the time, and it was like the two greats were going up against each other. And I honestly couldn't tell you who it was. I, I don't even – so I'm not, I'm not even going to try to lie to you. But I remember hearing how hyped this, this match was going to be because these two were like the greatest of ever, and it was going to prove who was the best. And I think it ended in like a 0-0 tie. And I remember going to the radio station the next day, and I was pissed. I was like, you know what? I wasted so much damn time of my life that I could never get back, and I saw nothing. All, right? All this greatness that I was told about, and I didn't get to see anything. And I remember this guy, his name was Jordan. He was actually a Patriot fan, matter of fact. He was a weird guy, though. He was such a front runner. He was a Patriot fan, a Laker fan, a Yankee fan. I was like, how is that even possible? I was like, Dude, you're all over the map. So anyway, he was, he was a super front runner. But he was also a soccer fan. And so he was like, no, Q, that was, a great, that was a great soccer match. It was, you know, the defense was phenomenal. I was like, dude, 
All you did was hype up about how to, how great these two soccer players are, and I didn't see one stinking goal go into the net. Not one. Not one. So don't tell me about how great that was. I'm good. But a lot of people said it was a great a great match. I didn't. I, I was good. I just know that, like, 90 minutes of my life I could never get back. I could have watched uh, an episode and a half of Law & Order SVU on that Sunday. Instead, I watched soccer. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think is it Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo? I think it was, yeah. but it was it was him and who was who was he going up against though? It might have been Messi. it wasn't Messi, was it? It might have been. That's I don't as far know. as my football knowledge goes, right there. It might have been Ronaldo and somebody else. I don't know. Like again, I don't want to be that guy because I don't I don't know who they were and I don't want to be disrespectful. I just know that they were apparently. Oh, you're going to see the greatest soccer ever with these two, and I saw a zero zero tie or a nil nil, whatever they call it, or whatever. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> have you ever now I'm all frustrated. Have you ever seen a low-scoring hockey game? Does it do anything for you? No. 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 that's kind of cool. No, it's not. I know what you're talking about. No, I it's agree, not. But no, it's not cool. I don't want to see a low-scoring hockey game either. I want to see the gold. I want to see the Golden Knights score early, and I want to see them score often. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a Golden Knights fan because I'm here. I'm not going to act like I've been a Golden Knights fan my whole life. They ain't even been around my whole exactly. life. Exactly. I did when I was in the Bay, though. I used to go to see the Sharks. Uh, I saw I would see them go and play because they were, you know, a new team in, in the Bay. And my dad took me to, to one. And seeing it in person made me a fan of, of just hockey in general because seeing it in person is totally different than seeing it on TV. That I, I still, agree with. I still haven't got over to, uh, you know, to the Fortress, which is shame on me. But, you know, you work me too you hard. Work right? yeah. You make me, make me work too much. We'd have to maybe do like some weird hybrid thing where you run over and do the VGK show and then someone covers for you here and <laughs> right. work it that's, out. That's <laughs> not going to happen. So, but yeah, at some point, me and the family will get over to the fortress and, you know, check it out. And, and I'm excited. I do enjoy watching them on TV because we have obviously a rooting interest for them. So I know on the whole Stanley Cup run, hell, I was on ESPN National. I was up there pounding my chest like I was, I was a VGK insider, man. You would have thought I was Ryan Wallace. <laughs> you would have thought. You know what I mean? Like I was, I, I told, I told everybody we would do interviews that had to do with hockey, and I knew what I was talking about. And like whoever I was co-hosting with was like, "Q, you're gonna have to carry this one, man, because I don't really got <laughs> nothing." I was like, "I got it all, man. I know exactly what to talk about. We're good." Because Vegas <laughs> is a hockey town. There you yeah, go. Yeah, who would have thought Clearly. that a hockey town would be in the middle of the desert? Yeah. Call it what you want. For the record, I also uh, – it's a different thing for me, but anytime I need, like, a quick nugget of information, that's what I, I text Ryan or Chapman. Because <laughs> I don't know. Frank, rest in peace, used to tell me all this stuff. That's where I got all my knowledge. So, Well, you're supposed Sometimes to say you – gotta... you ain't supposed to say that you have to text somebody. You're supposed to nah. You're supposed to say you did the research and you did all the all the background. You did all the, the hard work. That's for the hosts to take. I, I, can, I can be honest about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I respect. I do it. do plenty of research too. I know. I know. I'm just giving you a bad just, time. Just to have like a quarter of the knowledge of some of these people. So, <laughs> no, I respect that. Uh, we got a text from uh, Dave in the Valley Joe. That's Vallejo, California. My surprise make is Drake Thomas, sneaky good talent that won't survive on the practice squad. Definitely gets picked up by someone. Surprise cut is Jermaine Illuminor. I think they like the tone. The Tone guy's better? Probably tall guy's better is probably what he meant. Uh, I Thank you so much for that, Dave. I do appreciate you. I don't know if – I think Illuminor makes it. What? Sorry. Young guys. You corrected it there. Young oh, guys Oh, he did? Yep. Oh, okay. The young guys. Okay, good, good, good. Tall guys, young guys, it's all the same. <laughs> no, I think I think Illuminor is going to make it, though. I really do. I think that they are comfortable enough. I mean, think about it like this. They put him out there on the left side instead of Colton Miller, and they had Jimmy G out there. So they had Jermaine Illuminor. They were comfortable enough with him out there protecting Jimmy G's blind side. I think that that tells you a lot. 
I really do. And I do think that at some point they probably want Thayer Mumford to win that job. They probably want him to be the starting right tackle because of his size and because of the youth. But I think he's not ready just quite yet. I also think that there's a big interest in McClendon Curtis. I think there's a big interest in Dalton Wagner. And I don't know how you keep all these guys. Right? Like you said, if, you, if some of these guys hit the practice squad, they could be plucked. Drake Thomas, I, I like that call. I think that he's a, he's a really good player. Um, you know, he's shown a lot so far through, through preseason. So that could be a guy that uh, definitely could, could, uh, could make the squad. And, and I don't even know how much of a surprise it would be. Right? Maybe because he was undrafted and he's a little undersized, maybe it would be a surprise. But as far as just having the willingness to stick his nose in there and fly around to the ball, I think that Drake Thomas has a little something, something. Speaking of Drake Thomas, I had Matt Millen, and obviously he's a great linebacker. I had Matt Millen on the, on the Raiders pregame show, and we were talking. And It's like when we go through these different position groups, like I talked to Lincoln Kennedy, I talked about the offensive line, talked to Eric Allen, talked about the secondary. Well, talked to Matt Millen. Talked about the linebackers, and I actually brought up Drake Thomas in that conversation. He, he pointed out a couple of good things about uh, the Raiders linebackers and what he saw from so far in preseason. But here's that, here's that, uh, that pregame conversation that I had with uh, Matt Millen on Saturday from Raiders HQ. What have you seen from this Raiders defense that looks like it's really going to look for the ball and hunt the ball so far this preseason? Well, the biggest thing is they're practicing it all the time. I think that's, uh, that's one thing that gets lost in this. A lot of times... People, the teams talk about, and hey, we have to get turnovers, we have to do this, we have to do that, but then they don't ever practice it. So I think when you go to a, to a rate of practice right now, you're seeing that all the time, you know, grabbing the ball, trying to rip it out. I mean, the interceptions are, are a different, different story, but they're still working on it, and so I think it's a, it's a mindset. Yeah, it really is, and, and I feel like they've been working on it for a while, as you mentioned, and, and now it's starting to translate. I know these are preseason games, but, I mean, again, you practice them uh, in the preseason games, and, and you'll hopefully do them again in the regular season games. As far as just this defense and the competition that you're going to see out there on the field tonight in this third and final preseason game, it feels like Dave Ziegler's put together a really good 90-man roster. I think there's some guys battling for some jobs tonight, Matt. What are you seeing? Oh, there's, there's going to be a lot of battles for the jobs. Uh, so you're going to have to have, you know, you're going to have a battle at the uh, backup defensive tackles. Like I like what John Jenkins has done, mm-hmm. and uh, and I like, you know, Brian Young's just a young guy, so he's got to be able to step up. And so, you know, I don't know how many they're keeping, but I do know that there's going to be a battle there. There's going to be a battle on the outside. I think Kuntz has been playing well this this uh, this preseason. I think the the backers. I thought Drake Drake Thomas last yeah. week had a great game. Always around the football good instincts was believing his eyes didn't run around that many blocks uh and then you got bernie and you got my favorite rookie on this defense jacorian bennett i watched him at uh, maryland i had him a few times a few games last year and he's got it and he's he's carried that over the thing that i love about him he's always asking questions and he's always looking to get better so i think that's a good sign it really is, and he's a guy that they're going to need, right? I mean, they, they, he's a guy that's yep. got speed. He's a guy that can track the ball. I mean, he's he's going to be, you know, a, a big-time uh, addition, I believe, to this Raiders defense. But you mentioned Drake Thomas, and I was listening to the broadcast last week, and you were, you know, talking about him and Curtis Bolton, as a matter of fact. Both of those guys were flying around the ball. Just, I mean, I know that Drake's a little undersized, and Curtis is normally a special teamer, but just going back to last week, what did you see from those two guys in particular? Well, the first thing that stands out is they have instincts. And instincts, you either have them or you don't have them. And you can really tell for a linebacker when guys are around the football all the time. Like, they might get blocked for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you see them and they're 
they're around the play. They're around the ball. So I think when you have a guy who has that kind of instinct and he's always around the football, those guys are hard to keep away. And um, that's a that's just one thing that you just have. There are other guys you could watch him and you say, yeah, he made like five plays. What did he do the other 60? Uh, well, he made five plays. So it's it's a little bit different. <laughs> I think Drake Thomas, what, he have 12 tackles, but he yeah. was probably in on about 20. <laughs> so it's, it's just one of those guys that bears watching more. If he's going to make this team, if you're going to look at him for that, you're going to want to see him in special teams because he's going to have to play special teams, and he's just going to have to uh, – you know, contribute in more than one way. Matt Millen is our guest here on the Raiders pregame show. I just got a couple more questions for you. What about Robert Spillane? What have you seen him bring to this Raiders team? Yeah, Spillane. Here's the here's my one concern. This is this. Let's take Spillane out of this just for a second. But my only concern about this Raider defense is they're they're not very big at the second level. Mm-hmm. And so if teams, and so what that tells me is you got to get points to get on the board. You got to get on the board. You got to have points at your back because if they get up on you, they're going to pound the football. Now, our league, this league isn't really a running game anymore. This league is a passing league. Um, and having said that, you know, you can have the front the defenders in front of you. You can stack them and you can do certain things. But when they start pounding the football <laughs> and they're getting blocked up front, you got to have some lead in your drawers to be able to take that on. Now, having said that, um, I, I think – I think Spillane has done fine. I, you know, it's, it's only two games. Right. He's hardly played very much. But um, I think he's – here's what I look for in linebackers. Do you believe your eyes? Some guys do not believe what's happening in front of them. That's usually a matter of experience. And so um, he does. He believes his eyes. The other thing is you have to maintain discipline of scheme, especially as a backer. And you can't be running around blocks. And he's he's been pretty disciplined. So I, I, I like those parts of his game. I like the lead in your drawers uh, comment right there. I'm going to hold on to that one, Matt, if, if you don't mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that myself a couple times if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think last time I saw you, you need some lead in your drawers too. So. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Matt, thanks so much, man. Uh, have a great call. Right. I appreciate you. All right. Take care of yourself. There's the great Matt Millen right there. And it doesn't get any better when Matt, when Matt Millen tells you that you need some lead in your drawers. So, hey, you know, that'll be my claim to fame. Ari, I'll hold on to that. It's okay, you know. You better get it. <laughs> hey, you, you know, look, the wife said that Matt Millen is a badass. That's what she – her words, not mine. Matt Millen's a badass. So if a badass says you need some lead in your drawers, guess what? You probably need some lead in your drawers. I'm just saying. I'm good with that. Matt Millen was a certified badass for the Raiders, badass linebacker in general. Right, some of his stories that he was telling uh, off air <laughs> were just fantastic. In the meeting, uh, the little dinner that we have for the Raiders, you know, the uh, the broadcast team and everything, all the all the people from JT to Jason Horowitz to Lincoln Kennedy, Matt Millen, obviously Rich Gannon, uh, long it goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, Amber Theo Harris, everyone that was there, uh, the conversation was great. But man, Matt Millen tells some fantastic stories. So uh, if there's ever a time that you get a chance, you know, we always have those conversations here. If you can sit down and talk shop with one person, who would it be? Like no one ever brings up Matt Millen, but I'll tell you right now, that would be one that you would sit down and and you want to talk shop with. That dude is fun, and he's got some stories going all the way back to high school, college, you know, everything. Just, I mean, he'll tell it all. I can't tell them all. I mean, I could tell them, but I ain't going to tell them. I I wouldn't do those those, uh, stories any justice if I tried to tell stories like he told the stories, but – 
just him and his conversations, his back and forth with Joe Paterno were fan- at Penn State were fantastic enough. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. His conversation with Joe Pa were incredible. So uh, many thanks to Matt Millen. But I-, I-, I played that right there because we were talking about Drake Thomas. And the one concern that you heard Matt Millen say is just the size of the linebackers. They're all smaller, right, outside of Robert Spillane. They're all smaller. So if they start running downhill, his words, not mine then all of a sudden it could be a long day for the backers, right? Then those, those, those big, the big uglies, uh, the defensive tackles, right, the space eaters like Lincoln Kennedy likes to call them, they've really got to put in the extra work because if they don't, then, then the linebackers are in trouble. So I like Drake Thomas a lot. Uh, Curtis Bolton, I think he did some really good things against the Rams. Spillane has been a, a, a nice piece to that, that puzzle. I think Divine Diablo has got a lot of work to do. Luke Masterson, you can see where he's – He's a guy who understands the position, but he's, he's undersized. So I thought he brought up a great point that I hadn't thought about. That, that's really the reason why I wanted to bring that conversation to the show because I hadn't thought about that element of it. And, of course, the guy that played the position at a very high level has multiple Super Bowl rings as, as, as a, you know, a reward for the way that he played. It took him to point that out, and I thought that that was something that should, uh, you know, should, should be talked about and discussed a little bit. Uh, Mark in Jersey said, Alex Bars is a surprise cut. Drake Thomas makes the team as a sneaky good player. And that's just basically what we were talking about. Alex Bars, I can see him uh, being cut. I think GVR, uh, Greg Van Roten, I think he's he's earned a spot. I think that the Raiders like that veteran presence and what he brings to the table. And I just think that he's more consistent than Alex Bars. Even though the Raiders led the league in rushing, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year, I don't think Alex Bars was that guy that they want to consistently have out there. And that's why they brought in GVR. And I think that he's really uh, stepped his game up. So he'll probably end up getting that uh, that right guard spot. I mean, that's just what my gut feeling would be. And obviously the right tackle position is going to be something that's that's uh, up for grabs. And, and right now I would tell you, if I if I was making the call and I I had to go with my gut feeling, I would tell you that I think Jermaine Illuminor is going to start out at the right tackle position. Doesn't mean he's going to be the right tackle for the whole year. But I think that if right now – they're making the call, and I'm making the call. I think Jermaine Illuminor has probably earned that. And then, well, they'll see what happens with Thayer Mumford moving forward. But there's definitely a lot to like about Thayer Mumford and what he'll bring to the table. But I think, again, right now, Jermaine Illuminor is that guy. 426 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll get back to your calls, text. Plus, Ari's got reason or excuse on the way as well. And we got more sound. We got a lot on the way. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 62 yards for Carlson. And the Cowboys have a receiver, Cooper, in the end zone. Yeah. You better make sure he goes deep enough. Oh, it's it going deep up. enough. It looks like it's deep enough. Is it good? It's good. <laughs> it's good. 62 yards. Carney inside of burrito for everybody. Carlson, <laughs> as time expires, it's halftime. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That 62-yard field goal right there from Cash Money Carlson, Daniel Carlson, he made everyone say, uh, na-na-na-na, na-na-na. I saw what you were doing there, Ari. I like that. You get me, Q. I hey, man, I, hey, look, man, <laughs> I understand what you're laying down, man. I'm picking up what you're laying down, and, and you're right, man. Everyone was saying, uh. You heard you heard Eric Allen say, carne asada burritos. Him and JT actually had a bet before the kick, and, well, uh, JT won the bet by uh, Carlson hitting that, that field goal. So carne asada burritos for everyone, which I just wanted to know if I was part of that as well. That was my thing. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm on the broadcast too, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Pre and post game show. We had to play the highlight. 
I get in on the carne asada burritos as well. I'm I'm good with that, man. Uh, sorry, we forgot. <laughs> They're gonna say. Oh yeah, no. Me and Eddie Pascal's. <laughs> we were doing the post game show. We both looked at each other like, wait a minute, hold on. So that include <laughs> he said everybody. Last time I checked, I was part of everybody. <laughs> I might not be anybody, but I'm part of everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, but no, nah, Cash Buddy to- Carlson, man, he's in midseason form. He looks fantastic. Unfortunately for the Raiders, on Saturday they had to kick three field goals, right? So they were 0-2 in the red zone, something that kind of gives you those uh, flashbacks of uh, the Raiders of yesteryear or last year, right, and, and year before that, and year before that not being successful in the red zone. Uh, so they were 0-2 in the red zone on Saturday. The Cowboys were 4-4 four four in the red zone. So the Raiders had done, I thought, a really good job so far through the course of preseason, but just Saturday was a weird day for them, right? I mean, they got the great news about Josh Jacobs. You saw Tyree Wilson go out there and play a handful of snaps, about 12 of them, and you saw why they drafted him. I mean, you saw just the pure power. Like, if, if, if you don't know why he, they, they drafted him with just the power and the, the ability that he has just based off a couple misses, then, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. But – he's got to be able to convert that. He can't be the guy that's almost there, right? This is not like Josh McDaniel said on, on Sunday. This is not the, the, the close league, right? You've got to get there and you've got to convert. You've got to, you've got to finish plays. And there was a couple times where he was right there. It looked like all he had to do is reach his hands out there and, and take the quarterback down, and he allowed Will Greer to get away from him. And, well, Will Greer ran away from everybody and did a hell of a job out there. So he's going to get better. He's going to learn from, from what's going on. Uh, you know, but that was his first action out there. And you, like I said, you kind of saw uh, glimpses of why the Raiders drafted him number seven overall. So I'm just hoping that he continues to develop, hoping that he continues to get uh, stronger and healthier and is ready for Denver. Just like I'm hoping Josh Jacobs is ready for Denver. Uh, I'm sure he'll be ready for Denver, but be able to, to play a nice amount of snaps and uh, really contribute to this Raiders team. Uh, those are two, two pieces that I think are going to be key cogs for 2023. Jacobs offensively, Tyree Wilson defensively but cash money Carlson he's good to go there's no doubt about that but speaking of Tyree Wilson Vinny Bonsignor who again did a great job he caught up with uh, Aiden O'Connell caught up with Devontae Adams also caught up with Tyree Wilson following the game Tyree it's been kind of a long time since you actually got onto a football field how how good did it feel tonight I mean it felt good Uh, I just had to trust the process you know I was eager to get on the field you know right away but you know I trust the trainers and trust the coaches and uh the personnel department to have the right plan to get me back on the field at the right time, and I feel like coming back to Texas was the right time to get on the field. Was it frustrating uh, these last however many months uh, just working your way to get to this point? Uh, you know, I'm a competitor, so, you know, it was frustrating, but, you know, they were in my ear every day, you know, trust the process, trust the process, and, you know, I just had to believe in the process and know that they were doing the right thing and what was best for my health. I know every day is a kind of a hurdle for you, but how are you feeling right now after, you know, five practices or so in a game? I feel, I feel great, you know, ready to continue to build and, you know, keep stacking days and uh, keep stacking callus and build it with my brothers. Tyree Wilson right there following the game, talking to Vinny Bonsignor in the Raiders locker room. And, yeah, you can hear, hear the frustration. You know, he wanted to be out there. He wanted to be out there uh, practicing and, and playing, but – uh, he, he believed in what they were saying, trust the process. Nobody likes hearing trust the process. Nobody. Fans don't like to hear trust the process. Players don't like to hear trust the process. I'm sure owners don't like to hear trust the process, but it's a real deal thing that has to be done, and it's done with every organization around the league, and it just all depends on where you are in that process. That can go for 
you know, competitiveness as far as trying to build a complete roster that could go for health. Like in this situation, there's a lot of different things that that can play a factor in. And that's for Tyree Wilson. Trust the processes about his health and when they're going to get him out there on the field. Well, Brian Baldinger, he's been a guy that's been talking a lot about Aiden O'Connell as of late when he got a chance to see Tyree Wilson. Of course, he had to do one of the Baldy breakdowns. So here's Brian Baldinger with one of his Baldy breakdowns talking all things Tyree Wilson. Number nine for the Raiders is their rookie, prize rookie Tyree Wilson. Here he is lining up outside of a wide nine. It's the widest lineup you're going to get in Max Crosby's position right here, coming to rush the passer with a long runway. Here, coming. Woo! All right. Now, let's see some other plays. Now, this is the first action he's had. We're not, here he is in a solid five technique, all right? Handle the tackle. Keep your inside arm free. Go make the play. Nice. Now, this can't happen. Like, here he is getting blocked by a tight end. Rule number one for defensive ends. You never get blocked by a tight end, ever. Especially a rookie tight end. This can't happen. All right? That can't happen. You got to stop that and never let that happen again. All right? And then this. Like, this is good. You watch him right here, and you go, okay. Here he comes. See this? He's got a little plan. Here he is. It's more than just power. Watch him lift that right wrist up. Lower, lift the center of gravity up, and then drive to the quarterback. Some nice stuff from Tyree in week one, game one, 13 snaps. There you go. Brian Baldinger with a baldy breakdown, all things Tyree Wilson, and, the, you know, the good and the bad, and there was bad moments. You know, he, there was a time where he didn't, he didn't set the edge. Right, and Will Greer was able to break containment, and again, there wasn't an, any kind of edge set, so there was really no contain, but was able to stroll into the end zone with no problem. There was a time that he couldn't get off the block, the tight end block, like you just heard from Baldy, uh, and, and that can't happen. And he's got to be, you know, he's got to be better and, and, and conscious of that, and I think he will. He'll continue to develop. Remember, that was just the first action that Tyree Wilson saw uh, so far in the NFL. So, uh, you know, hopefully. He'll be able to continue to do that and work during practice and get a good handful of snaps week one versus Denver and continue to, to build up his, uh, you know, the snap count throughout the course of the year. And that's why when we talk about, like, expectations for rookies and who's going to be the most productive player, and some people have said Tyree Wilson's going to be that guy, and maybe he will. I just think that they're, they're bringing him along slowly. <laughs> Speaking of bringing him along slowly, I mentioned that during the pregame show to Lincoln Kennedy about bringing him along slowly, and he was, he was mad. He was mad. He's like, Q, how do you – how do you get somebody in the top 10 and you talk about bringing them along slowly? There's no such thing as bringing a football player along slowly. And he made some good points. But my point is saying bring them along slowly is just due to the health, right? But, but Lincoln was very adamant that, no, you get your ass out there and you play, <laughs> right? The only way that you can get better at playing football is to play football. And if that ain't a football player's mentality, I don't know what is, right? But, again, you still have to respect the fact that they have a plan in place and that's what they're going to do. Regardless of who wants them to play, how many snaps, including him, I'm sure he probably wants to play all game long, but they're going to limit him and they're going to bring him along the way that they feel like, the pace that they feel like he needs to be brought along at. And so I think he's going to get a handful of snaps week one against Denver. I would say probably like 15, maybe 20, and then move from there and, and continue to build up. And I do think at some point he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. They just got to get him to where he needs to be. And they would want him once he is there and he's there on a full-time basis playing all the time that he doesn't have to worry about coming off the field you know, for, for any kind of injury. If they come off the field, it'll be just, you know, for fatigue or whatever, but no no kind of health concerns. That's the worst thing that you could have. So I think that was some really good stuff from Baldy and then, of course, hearing 
from Tyree Wilson as well. Uh, got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r from Vegas Pete. How many cuts still coming? I think they're at I, – I didn't – I haven't done the, the count. I want to say they're at 79 right now or 70. They're right around that number. So they still have quite a bit to go, and they've got to be cut down to 53 men by Tuesday at 1 o'clock Pacific time. And uh, then, uh, of course, they'll put the they'll put the uh, the practice squad together. Uh, they'll put some guys out on waivers. They'll you know release some guys. They'll do a lot of gymnastics. They'll do some roster gymnastics. Figure out exactly uh, you know who they think that they can sneak through waivers. Who they could put on the practice squad. Who they have to keep on the active roster. They'll scour the waiver wire with the other teams that have released players, and, and maybe there'll be a guy or two uh, that they see from other teams that that gets released that they decide can make a move. And hell, maybe they make a trade. They still can make trades too. Right? There's been a lot of trades happening in the NFL the last, I don't know, four or five days. And there haven't been huge trades outside of the trade Lance being traded from San Francisco to the, the Cowboys. There haven't been huge trades, but you see that there's plenty of jockeying going on, a lot of late-round picks for uh, certain guys. Even Isaiah Simmons, right? I mean, he went for a late-round pick from the Cardinals to the G-Men, and I think that he's, he could potentially help the Giants. I know a lot of Raider Nation was, was asking – you know, why didn't the, the Raiders go and make a move for Isaiah Simmons? Well, I don't think anyone knows what position he plays. That was Arizona's issue. They didn't really know how to use him. He's a hell of an athlete, but I remember the whole draft process. I remember a lot of people, including myself, saying, man, that Isaiah Simmons is a, is a really good player. He could do everything. And the one thing they kept getting pointed out to me is like, yeah, Q, he could do everything, but he doesn't do anything like a, as a master's level, right? He's just – he's good. He's good in a lot of different positions, but he's not a master of anything, and that's the, that's the problem. You've got to be able to really have have a go-to position. And then if you could do other things as well, that's great. But just the fact that he was just good at a lot of different positions didn't really give him a defined role in the NFL, at least with Arizona. Now, you remember, Arizona has a history of this. They didn't know how to use Hassan Reddick. <laughs> he, he, he gets in the last year of his, his deal there in Arizona. All of a sudden, he has a great year, and they figure out how to use him. He goes on to Carolina, and he does really well. Now he's in Philadelphia, and he's done really well. So – Clearly something clicked for him. But there's other guys as well. Like they have Zayvon Collins on the roster right now. They don't really know how to use him, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Uh, then they you know, had Isaiah Simmons, and they moved on from him because they didn't know how to use him. So it could be just an Arizona Cardinal thing, thing too. So maybe he gets to New York with the Giants, and he's able to really step his game up and play at a high level. Only time will tell when it comes to that. But, yeah, the rosters will be cut down. Like I said, I feel like they have about – 24, 25 at least to go still uh, in the process. And, and, you know, as soon as they start to roll in, of course, we'll be talking about it. And they got to be in by Tuesday at 1 o'clock. 4.42 is the time. We'll come back. Reason or excuse, my man Ari will take over the wheels of steel. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for Reason or Excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Before we get into Reason or Excuse, I got the Aces and the Liberty game going on. As a matter of fact, you can hear that on our uh, sister station. That game broadcast on our sister station right now. Which one is that on Fox? That is Fox. Yes. Yes. We have man. We have so many stations. We got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so Fox Sports Las. Or, yeah, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, we have that right now. Uh, the Aces game. Anyway, it's twenty six thirty six. I tell you that because I had it on my TV screen and I didn't really know what was going on. But every once in a while, I heard a sound that sounded like it was a little bit loud. And different than the broadcast that I'm used to listening to or watching, even though, again, I got my headset on so I can't hear, and now it's 38-26 Liberty. Uh, they're having their way with the Aces again. So during the commercial break, I'm like, man, what is going on with this broadcast? So I take the headset off. I've been listening to this whole thing in Spanish the whole time. <laughs> I had it on ESPN Deportes, and I didn't know it. 
So Ari said that I'm just trying to be cultured, and maybe that's what it was. Just so. Being diverse there, yeah. Hey, man, you know, diversity is a good thing. I'm okay with that. Did so, you, Did you learn some words? Could you I tell us the score anything. in Spanish? No, no, no. My Spanish my Spanish starts and ends with Bumbaka, <laughs> and I've been told that's not even a word. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. No, Bumbaka. speaking listeners? It, no, no, Bumbaka. Everyone says it's not a word. I believe it is. Uh, I've been living in Vegas for 20 years and, and surrounded by a lot of Spanish-speaking people, especially in this building, and I'm barely fluent, not at all. But, I mean, I know some words. I've Ask literally Sylvia. never Sylvia's, heard that. Sylvia's right outside the door. She'll tell you. Bumbaka is a word. Uh, Even though people tell me it's not, it is. It's okay. Boom shakalaka? No, know. that's <laughs> no, no, no. It's – I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't believe need to, you. I, I don't need to get into my, uh, my expertise when it comes to Spanish language. Uh, I am uh, fantastic and fluent. Very much so in the Spanish-speaking language. In so English, you mean? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You mean in so, the English-speaking language. I'm, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good at everything. I'm the master of none. <laughs> there you go. I'm totally sending this audio to Jesus Lopez and to Sylvia. Yeah, go on, man. Tell them to do something good for the country. There go you ahead, go. man. Tell, get, hit, hit me with reason or excuse. Speaking man. of something good for your country, yeah, reason go on, or excuse is here. All right. So on Friday, as as you know, we had a little issue, so I didn't get to get to this one. Giannis Ante. I'm going to mess this up as always. Ante Tecumpo. The said, great freak. Yeah. There you go. Giannis said he yeah. will not be signing an extension in Milwaukee next summer if everyone isn't on the same page. Quote, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Reason or excuse? I think that's a, I think that's an excuse to get his first foot out the door. I really do. I mean, it's, it's a, I guess it's a good reason. But I do feel like he thinks that the writing's on the wall. And, yeah, they won the championship there, and he's always said that he's going to be there forever. But, you know, I think he, he realizes that that's not sustainable there and that he's going to be making a, a beeline out of there sooner rather than later. And he's t- starting to plant the seeds, right? You know how you have to plant the seed and you got to water it and then you got to watch it grow? Well, the seed has been planted, and now he's starting to, to water it on the daily. So, uh, yeah, look for look for the Greek freak to be in conversations to be moved on at some point sooner rather than later. And uh, and since I said this was Friday as of right now, the rumors are Lakers and Knicks expected of course, to it's have always, interest, So you know, but you know what? <laughs> Let me tell you this, man. If it's not it's the it's not the NBA if it's not a Lakers or a Knicks conversation. Yeah, that's very Every true. swing and D that's been a free agent has been rumored to be a Nick. Every swing and D that's been a free agent has been rumored to be a Laker. Everybody who wants to get traded, there's always got to throw the Lakers in the conversation. Got to throw the – everyone wants the Knicks to be so good, so bad. It's been so long. Everybody. Remember LeBron was supposed to go there. KD was supposed to go there. James Harden was supposed to go there. Uh, who, who else? I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, the the spider, Spider Mitchell, he was supposed to go to the Knicks. Everybody and their mother is supposedly going to go to the Knicks, and nobody goes to the Knicks. Jalen Brunson is the only one who went to the Knicks, and he went to get paid, and his daddy's on the coaching staff now. That's how much they wanted to get him. They made sure his dad had a coaching job. There they might go. as well wait till Little Q graduates and just go ahead and draft him. That sounds <laughs> right? wonderful. Right? Just go <laughs> on and do, do that, man. Yeah. I'm and, in and on that. That's, that's all they got coming, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> An excuse from Q. Right. Okay. Jeez. Back over to the NFL Matthew Stafford is having a hard time connecting with his young teammates, going as far as having the equipment staff print out a book with each player's name and face so he could remember everyone's name and make an attempt to get to know them. I will just jump in and say, I'm terrible with names and faces, but come on, bro. Like, 
I'm on the field with these people. Okay. Stafford's wife, Kelly, said on her podcast, they get out of practice and meetings during training camp, and they go right to their phones. No one looks up from their phones. Matthew's like, I don't know. Am I the dad? Do I take their phones? What do I do here? He wants them to not see him as a coach. That's weird. But that's also that's like part of the reason they can't connect, but then he's not a coach. So for all of this, the non-connecting stuff, reason or excuse? I, I, I definitely believe it's a reason. I know that's going to sound weird, but I think it's a reason. I think everybody, and I know I'm guilty of it at times too, are all in their phone all the time. All the time. Like, I don't even think that some people know how to communicate without being in their phone. Right? They just don't. You know, there's certain people that you know that they're smart enough to communicate, but then when they actually have to actually say some words, like real live words and not an emoji or not a text or not a, not even Twitter, uh, whatever, the, whatever the kids are doing. Right. It's, it's I mean, I know I sound like the old dude in the room when I, I say do. that, but, <laughs> you know, true, I know it is true. I, I go back to a few years ago when we were still in Texas. We went to this place called Schlitterbahn and it's a it's a water park. Right. Really great place. So they put a wristband on us. So it, it showed that we already paid and we're good to go. Well, little Q's wristband was too big. They put it on his wrist too big. So he looked at me and said, Dad, uh, this wristband is too big. I need to I need to go. Uh, I need to get a new one. I said, okay, well, go get a new one. He says, well, what do I do? I said, go tell the lady the same thing you just told me, that you need a new one. Now, that was a few years ago, but still. Like, to the point where he was like, well, what do I say? The same thing you just told me, you just tell them. But we don't, we don't have that communication. Like, when's the last time you saw someone go to the gas station and ask for directions? That is nobody a does point. that yeah. anymore. We all got GPS. So nobody does that. And then when you do ask somebody at the gas station for directions, they're like, I don't know. I just work here. Right? I mean, I'm not lying. They say that. If you go and say, hey, do you know how far away I am from this? No, I never heard of it. Well, I heard it's right around the corner. Oh, I just work here. I'm not <laughs> I'm not really from around here. All right. Yeah. Like, there's no effort anymore to communicate. I and that's one of the skills that I'm glad that I have still. I don't have many skills, but the one I do have is communication. And it's it's so funny how much you can get accomplished if you just open your mouth and talk to somebody. True. Yeah. So when Matt Stafford said he doesn't know his teammates because they're in their phones and they're not really communicating, I'm sure he's not wrong. As sad as that sounds, I'm sure he's not wrong. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I see it in the locker room when I go in there. I like what you're saying. My only my only rebuttal is simply like you're on the radio trying to get information all day long running an apartment. These guys' minds should 100% be on the field at, all, at that but moment. Not. It's but not. it's not. I guess that's. As soon as these guys get in the locker room, they went. They go to their their phones to see what people are saying on Twitter. Oh, even man. after games, you know they'll, they'll I be feel in there. old now. Frustrated. A lot of times we can't even when we go in the locker rooms to talk to these guys afterwards. I feel bad because it looks like they're in a deep concentration on their phone, and so I hate to be like, "Hey, Trayvon, can can I get a couple minutes of your time?" Oh yeah, sure, okay, you know, or whatever. But every single one of them does it. It's not like it's exclusive to anybody. Every one of them does it. So I can understand Matt Stafford being a little. You know, not able to communicate like go. he wants to because he's just not that guy. We'll be back tomorrow here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great evening.